I'm Luke Agassi, program host for Abide in Christ with Passages at Home, and you are listening to Passages Voice. Hello, listeners, and welcome to God at Work, a four-part podcast where we are going to hear Passages alumni share how God has impacted their life. Our prayer is that hearing fellow alumni testimonies will encourage you to reflect on the Lord's faithfulness in your life, too. Today's guest is Shannon Gibbons. Welcome, Shannon. How's it going? Hi. It's going good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What's life like been for you these last few weeks? Yeah, um, they've been full of just a lot of change. Um, Yeah, it was very, like, obviously, like, a really abrupt change to go from living on my own at school to being told within a few hours that I had to pack up and get my stuff out and go back home for an indefinite amount of time. Um, Yeah, so it's been wild. There's definitely, like, ebbs and flows of, I feel like, grief of not being with my friends and not having like the sophomore year I expected. And um, I'm a rower at the University of Delaware. So the fact that our season got canceled and kind of just grieving that loss with our seniors has been interesting. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm viewing this time as like an invitation right now, um, trying to reframe it the best that I can. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, that's the only thing we can do, but it doesn't go without saying that it's, definitely okay to kind of press into the grief of loss. Let's hear a little bit more of your just general background. So you mentioned that you're a student, uh, you're a sophomore at the University of Delaware. Um, Where are you from? Where's home for you? And um, could you let us know when you came on your passages trip? Yeah, so I live outside of the city of Baltimore, Maryland in a suburb called Westminster. Um, live in like a pretty like rural area um, for where I live, but still thankfully accessible to get coffee in the city. Um, <laughs> all the things that matter right now. Yeah, um, yeah but um, when I'm not here, I live in the city of Newark um, at the University of Delaware. And I came on my passages trip um, with UD on the day after Christmas, actually, um, uh, in 2019. Yeah, so it was a real big whirlwind after the holidays to pack up and leave, but it was so fun. Absolutely. Um, And it's it's one of our most recent trips, so welcome back. Uh, We hope that it was was great and impactful for you. But today we want to focus on on your testimony, your story, and, and your walk with Jesus. So could you just start by telling us your story? from the very beginning? Yeah, so um, I grew up in a Christian family um, who just instilled those values, and I grew up um, in the local church. I accepted Jesus when I was really young, um, and I was a typical youth group kid um, growing up. (laughs) Yeah, I did it all from Awanas and memorizing scripture to all the way up to high school. Um, Yeah, so I've done the camps, done all the fun retreats and stuff. Um, Yeah, but throughout um, my 20 years of life, I guess, um, my community has changed a lot. Um, Yeah, like in eighth grade, we transitioned from a church that my family had been members at my whole entire life um, to something different due to some unfortunate circumstances. And yeah, and then college obviously shifting to being on my own and owning my own faith and 
getting to choose kind of where I was going to settle down myself. Um, I think I've learned a lot from these changes that um, pastors are humans too. Um, church leadership, they're humans as well. Um, and I think I've learned a lot lately about not idolizing them and making them um, or expecting, more expecting them to be God. Um, rather, they're just like carriers of this message who've been called. And I feel like that's been a really important perspective shift now that I'm in college. Um, yeah, so my community changed a lot. I went into high school and um, I met these amazing friends after praying for just a long time that I'd find some kindred souls in my life. Um, I'd consider myself an old soul, so I didn't really fit in in the middle school scene very well. Um, yeah, so I just met these like really good friends uh, right at this like pivotal turn of like switching churches and switching the community and heading into high school, which is hard enough on its own. Um, right. Yeah, so I just found these amazing girls who um, I got to do life with for four years straight. Um, and they're still my best friends and my people. And that's just so sweet to have friends who've, um, they've seen the good and the bad and the ugly for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But in high school, um, I think everyone kind of goes through that stage their freshman year where they're very like me focused. Um, and I consider myself like a really big perfectionist. So um, when I got swept into high school and I mean, I've been thinking about college since I was like little, um, but yeah, like very little. Um, yeah. So I just like fell into this like cycle of like perfectionism and of anxiety and of resume building instead of being completely authentic. And yeah, it was vicious and it was destructive in some senses, but I was really grateful for friends who um, stuck by my side um, in that. But in high school, I had an amazing small group leader who mentored me and really um, walked me through some hard stuff. And um, as I was just like struggling with like crippling anxiety. And at the time, I just like, I just contributed it to school and like this is how it is and this is what fuels me and I do better when I'm anxious and like all these other things that are just like lies and um, I'm really grateful that she pushed into that um, with me and multiple times throughout high school um, gave me the freedom to seek help that I wouldn't take on my own but I think without her I wouldn't have had this precedent like that it's okay to go to counseling and I wouldn't have the resources that I had um, to kind of process through this. And also she just never failed to really, um, she never like lost sight of like Jesus in that for me. When at times I was like, just like pushed him away in a nice situation. She always kind of grounded me back into that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So graduated, um, had a mini identity crisis the summer before I went into my freshman year. I think when you, when I got that diploma and checked out, I realized within the first two weeks, like, oh my gosh, all these things that I've like spent like all my time putting like my hope in, I spent all my time like working towards them. And like now, like we tied the bow, like the work is done. Like no one, like I'm not, the best of the best anymore like I'm going to a school where it's pretty like level playing field like everyone else did the same stuff as I did in, in high school to get their way there um and I really struggled with that I struggled with um just like not 
having to prove myself necessarily, which is like so interesting. I think that some people would find like so much freedom in that, but I found like this lack of structure and of resume building and all this stuff that I spent so much time on to just be disorienting to me. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so that summer I went through just like a really, really hard time. And I went and I thankfully my small group leader, Lauren, got me into counseling and um, there was a lot of healing there. Like I don't think that I would have had as good, great as like a freshman year as I did without that self-awareness and those coping skills going in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I got to my freshman year at UD. Um, and my interesting story is that I didn't row in high school. Um, I picked up rowing in college, That's which is wild to do on the division one level. But I just got to school and I won like felt like I didn't like fit in. I was not a part of the party scene. Like it just like wasn't my desire. Super focused on my academics, which like most kids are, but like once the weekend hit, I realized like spending so much time alone and I didn't really like have a great group of friends. And I honestly, like the thing that I kept telling myself is like, it's never going to get better than my community and like high school. I was like clinging to that. Like it's never going to get better. So like set your expectations low, like really low. Like it's just, not going to be like that ever again. And um, yeah, and I really like wrestled with God with that. And I was like, I felt really called to go to this school. Like it was a miracle that I got to go there and that it worked out with scholarships and all that to get here. And like, now I'm here and I don't really love it. And it doesn't really feel like home, but like, I also like don't feel called to like be home right now. And that was super hard. And um, yeah, I found rowing in the midst of that, this like crazy opportunity to like try out and be a part of a team, which I really really missed and um yeah and I had prayed about it a lot like going into it and I just like felt God like pressing into me that like this wasn't just something I was going to do rather it was like a calling to be and do life with 50 some girls on a regular basis and hopefully give them that taste of that sweet community that I had in um high school that was like so grounding to me and safe and I was able to be so authentic and I was like God just like really put it on my heart and he was like Shannon like yeah like I'm gonna give you the ability to do this but like how can you show up and like be an encouragement every day like how can you show up and like bring me into college athletics and like redeem them in a sense um yeah and I was just like it's still a really special calling in my life I'm so grateful they're my best friends it's one of my favorite things to do I spend a lot of time doing it so thankfully I love it um yeah but so that happened my freshman year and I at the time wasn't really plugged into a community and this senior on my team um sent out this text one day we were like back for winter training and she sent out this text and she was like hey I'm hosting a bible study at my house tonight like and just sent it to the whole team and I quickly texted my like best friend Kara and I was like Kara like this is what we've been waiting for like and I was like oh my gosh yeah like how sweet is that for like this senior to like mention that and like I knew something was different about her but then um she really welcomed me into this like community that was um really similar to the one I had at home it felt really safe and um I don't think I could have gotten through my freshman year without it honestly um it was a place where I learned how to listen to Jesus for the first time um, and believe that God's still speaking to me. And that's not just something that happened in the Bible and got great mentorship. And I felt really empowered to be a leader, started leading Bible studies for my first time, which was like 
big like passion of mine and started reaching out to my teammates and seeing the fruit that was coming from that and getting to pray with them and really put some intention behind what I was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was so grateful for that. Yeah. And so I wrapped up my freshman year on a really like great note, um, came home and got stuck in another vicious cycle of that perfectionism. I got home and our season didn't end on the note that I necessarily like wanted it to. And I took that as like, you like need to work harder. Like you got to work yourself like down, like you have something to prove here that like, you're like a sophomore and a, var- a freshman walk on who got in a varsity boat. So like you have to prove yourself and all this stuff or like, they're not going to believe you or like see you. And so I spent my summer literally working the wildest schedule at my job and um, working out. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I really shut out this community that I had loved at home um, and really isolated myself and ignored what I was feeling, getting like stuck in just like the day to day of like my job. And like, I just ignored everything pretty much. It was really tunnel visioned into like only like one goal. And my one goal was like, I just need to like get back to school. Like school's going to fix everything. I said that so many times and like school's great, but turns out it doesn't fix everything. Um, yeah. So I got, um, back to school. Um, it was a sophomore who was on this varsity rowing team, had gotten her first athletic scholarship, um, Dean's List student, um, getting great connections with professors, great friends. Like on the outside, it looked picture perfect. Like this sophomore really like did something. Um, and so I went in and kept trying to portray that to everyone. But I just like one day like just like woke up and I felt really really just like crippled with just like this feeling of like anxiety but also this like overwhelming like sadness and um like just like in my soul that I like couldn't shake and like did all my normal things that usually would help me snap out of it and I just wasn't snapping out of it um I was getting super anxious about rowing I was struggling to go to my classes at times like getting out of bed was super hard and like And when, if anyone has ever struggled with anxiety and depression at the same time, it's this like weird going back and forth in your head between like, no, like I need to get up and I need to do. And then this other half of you that's just like, I can't like, and um, yeah, so that was like super hard. And I was like having panic attacks, like right and left. And, um, but still looking like my life was perfect. Like no one knew. Um, I had like kept it a secret in order to, preserve this like image that I had set and I even like in that like question I was like god but like you blessed me so much like why did I like why is this happening like why would like you and like um just like kind of ruin this but like you did it and you called me to be on my team and I'm struggling to like be there and invest and like have this capacity and I just like really struggled with him it looked like a lot of um driving um in my car driving backwards in Delaware and like at times like just like literally like screaming at him and like getting so frustrated and being like and also like trying to like work my way to like snap out of this and like falling into this like terrible lie that like no I've like fallen too far like fallen way too far and like there's just like no hope in this and like I'm not a good leader and like I'm not equipped and like why did I ever like 
do any of this with school. Like, I'm just, like, undeserving of it and just, like, fell into, like, all these lies got, like, super amplified in my head. And, like, I hit, like, a rock bottom. And the crazy thing is, like, turns out, like, mental health doesn't discriminate. And I thought because of everything that, like, looked really perfect and I have great parents and I have great friends and all that stuff that, like, now like I'm invincible to this and like turns out like I wasn't and I was Mm -hmm. like I was like really falling apart and um yeah so my fall looked a lot like um a lot of missed classes um a lot of texts to friends to hold me accountable to get up and to keep going um a lot of tears a lot of um struggling through like the process of like do I like want to like take medication for this? Like, is this right? Like, um, like which ones, like, what do I need to take? And a lot of fixes with that and like riding the highs and lows and hiding from the people that were the closest to me that I wasn't okay. Down to even the people that I was living with. Um, and the girls that I felt super called to that I spent 20 plus hours a week and I was in the same boat the whole fall. And like, none of them would have known that I was falling apart because I just wanted to protect this image. Um, Yeah. And so I just wrestled with God and I wrestled with community, but also like did not feel equipped at all to like take care of like my community or like love them well. And that was like just super hard for me. Like another thing that I like didn't realize I was like putting my identity in was like stripped. And so it was just this process of like um, just God kind of like breaking down these lies. And I felt like it was punishment but I've learned now with a little bit of perspective that um, it was out of love um, for me that he would strip down some of these lies because he was like, he knew that there was a better way for me to live. And I wasn't embracing the freedom that was my birthright um, in Christ and wasn't embracing like all the good things rather I was just trying like in the cycle of like trying to like earn the grace that I was already given. Yeah. And so I like, can't tell you that like in this story, there's like a sudden like change or magical moment. Like I don't have that. Um, that's not a part of my story. Rather it's just a lot of highs and lows and like, honestly, like it still is. It's like, it's not a finished story. I'm really being like refined still in this process. And yeah. So the fall, I like had to make some really hard decisions. I had to start going back to counseling again. Um, like and this was fall so, last year just yeah so. okay yeah fall last year I had to take a break from doing ministry and had to tell my leadership team like hey I think I'm in a place where like I need to like be served and not to be giving right now and they were so gracious with me I had to sit down with my coaches and tell them um after my last race that I needed a few weeks off and that was so hard like for me to like admit that weakness to some of the people who spent every day with me, but like, didn't know. Um, yeah. And so it was a lot of just like really hard work and, um, yeah. And I can't say that I walk around telling people that I've like conquered my depression, anxiety, but I think I can proudly say now that like, it's something I struggle with to varying degrees every day, but like I have coping mechanisms. Now I have a community who loves me. I have support systems and boundaries in place, but like, I also have a really faithful God who didn't like as much as I felt like he wasn't there in it. Um, I look now and I see um, 
all the ways that he was there and all the ways that he was speaking, whether I saw it or not. And like really his divine, um, like love and all this. And yeah, like, it's really hard. Um, it's a really hard part of my story, um, to finally like feel like I can start talking about now, but, um, yeah, I feel like vulnerability really leads to vulnerability and I hope it can be an encouragement to someone else who may be struggling and just trying to hide it because they're trying to save face and to preserve their image to others and like, no, if I'm like a leader in God and if I'm like following after him, then I can't look like I'm falling apart. Like I don't have the permission to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like want to tell you that that's not true, that like God can like handle it. Um really? Yeah, and bring so much healing and restoration. It just may not look like really linear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's my story. And, and Shannon, thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. Um, you know, uh, it, it's just amazing to kind of hear the genuineness of, of your story. Uh, it's a race where we're all running. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that race is not always the most fun thing. A lot of people that run, don't aren't runners right like i'm not a runner so i don't get the runner's high like a lot of some other people do so i i get that like strain in my in my kidney or in my chest you know when i'm running my spiritual race too and there's there's definitely ups and downs in in your in your run with christ and uh, i just appreciate you just being willing to share that uh with us and um it's just so so much appreciated i just have a couple of questions based upon what you've shared in your story um just to kind of glean a little bit more out of it, uh, if, if I may. Um, you mentioned that you've caught yourself in some vicious cycles throughout life. Um, these cycles of either lies or perfectionism or um, unrealistic standards or expectations for you. Um, what has that looked like for you when you found yourself there and how have you gotten out of them? Yeah, I think when I found myself in those just like loops in my brain, I think I run into the lie that like, I'm not seen and known, or I'm not loved, or I have to earn my way, um, or that I'm not good enough. As an Enneagram one, I fall into that trap all the time. That's mm-hmm. the thing that gets me. I'm just mm-hmm. not innately good. Um, yeah. And I feel you, I'm a one as well. So, ah, fellow one, you get yeah. it. Um, to do list master it brings me so much joy right now, crossing things off. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but like, so I fall into that like trap and it's, I mean, it feels like debilitating at times. It feels like, I think like, it's like this kind of like cloud that comes over you where you like, can't really see the truth. And like, for me, like I somehow like can't receive like the love and encouragement that's like genuine from other people because Mm -hmm. of this lie that's in my head that I have to earn or prove. And yeah, I wish I could say that I've kind of dropped those vicious cycles. Um, but I still find myself in them a lot. Um, but I'm in a season where I've got a lot more self-awareness, um, to kind of see when I'm falling into those, like I can know like some of the triggers that makes me go there. And, um, yeah. And I think some of the most helpful things to me is, um, one, like learning coping mechanisms within that, like learning like what works and what doesn't work for me. So sometimes that looks like mindfulness. Sometimes that looks like journaling. Sometimes that honestly looks like just taking a walk around campus in between my classes and getting some air or calling a friend. Um, 
But I also think one of the most helpful things that I've done and that other people could do is to give some specific people in your community full access to your life. Um, Full access to call you out, but also call you up. Um, And those people that you aren't going to fight back. So in that season in the fall, I had um, three people that had that full access. Um, And one of them was that small group leader that I had talked about in high school. And she's had full access for years. And that looks like me telling her, like in high school, it looked like me being like, hey, like if you see this, like you can tell me or if you um, think that like it's like really wise for me to like start going back to counseling, like you can tell me that and I respectfully can't fight you back because I know that I trust you. Um, And it looks like my friend Maddie and my roommate. um, Yeah. So just like giving those people just the access to your life and not taking it as criticism but taking it in love and yeah the delivery may not always be the best and it I think it still stings at time to like get criticism but I know that these people do it prayerfully they do it lovingly and they have my best interest like at heart and so that's been really helpful to me um there are some of my first calls that I make um and I just like really trust them so yeah that's really helped me um kind of attack the vicious cycles head on rather than letting them cycle all the way through and just hope that I get out of them or like staying complacent rather it's okay this is the lie that we're experiencing mm-hmm. let's come up with a game plan right. what's the game plan like what is the truth behind this how can we cover you in prayer what scripture backs this up what do we know that's true about God do you need to take a break do you need to set a boundary um, do you need to spend some time alone like yeah it's been super helpful and healing to have those people and I can tell you it's it's hard to give someone full access to be like I'm gonna be vulnerable but I think to all the college students out there like it's one of the best things you can do in your college experience absolutely and just you mentioning even before in your story that you you built up walls or you built up lies in your life yeah I saw you know I, I sensed that from how you were talking about it it's basically like you were building up these lies to try and insulate yourself or protect yourself when in reality it was isolating you and and harming you more but giving people full access especially um, those who are fellow believers in Christ this unfettered access is so hard but they they come as God's agents with sledgehammers to these walls of lies yeah. and just just like slam them apart with the with the ways that they can come to you. Yeah, these so, people help me really embrace. Yeah. Um, I think they help me embrace God more in the sense of like when I build up walls, I'm not embracing the freedom that I'm given in Christ. And these people, when they come in and they help me deconstruct these things, hmm. like things that I hold on to and find my identity in and are really bad coping mechanisms like um they help me experience freedom that like I can have in Christ and like that's super beautiful and sometimes like you just need that like push and people to tell you like there's a better way like he wants something better for you and this feels like the only way to you right now but let me show you some perspective yeah absolutely absolutely and uh you know like you've said just the the way that these people can be used. Uh, how they can kind of open up these 
avenues of thinking or, or believing uh, even and how God can use these people. It seems that community is very yeah. important to you. Um, so I'm going to kind of mix two questions that I have in my head together. Obviously, community has been really uh, important for you, but uh, it, it, whether in the highs, but also losing community has, has kind of hurt yeah. you through time too. But can you tell me, Shannon, about um, when you've experienced lows in your yeah. life, those bouts of anxiety or depression, how has that community uh, impacted you, either loss or gain? And uh, in those low moments, what has been ultimately healing for you? Yeah, um, I think community in those seasons has been a soft place for me to land. Um, it's been safe when maybe like I just feel like the thoughts and the lies in my head are spinning so much that like I don't feel like safe in myself or confident in myself. Um, yeah, this community is um, when I'm looking for validation um, for what I do, they come to me with validation of who I am. Um, yeah. truly. And that's, um, like I said, yeah. like sometimes like really hard to receive. Cause I'm like, give me my personal accolades. Like tell me that what I'm doing with my resume and with my life and with my internships and with school, like tell me it's right or it's wrong. Like, but they come to me and they see me for who I am. Um, even in the mess, I found that my community, when I've been so scared that they would leave me or that like, I was too much of a mess or like, that I'm too much or not enough. Um, they've always stayed. Um, yeah, to be that soft place to land, even sometimes when, like right now, we're in a season where miles and miles are separating me from my community and mm -hmm. still they're staying. Zoom calls and FaceTimes and check-in texts and letters. Um, like they're still engaging, like social distancing. Um, maybe physically distancing, but like socially, like they're still leaning in. Yeah, that's um, huge. Yeah. And just in college, it has, my community has helped me feel seen and known, but they've also pushed me when they see my potential to go there. Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't always um, look like rainbows and butterflies. Like sometimes it um, looks like really hard conversations and doing conflict well and calling me out. And um, yeah, so that's, I think what it's meant for me in those lows is that they come to me with love, but they also come to me with truth and honesty. Like yeah. they don't look at me and they say like, this is okay. Like we're going to stay here. Rather they say, no, I'm going to stay here. But like together, like let me shine a flashlight like on the darkness that you see and give you hope that um, like through Jesus that there's an end to this and that there's more to this and that you're not the lies. Mm. Um, but yeah, as I've like, done the whole like battling and changing communities like the things that have been really healing for me um are like counseling for me personally it looks like um having a medication mm -hmm. regimen that works for me um in the stage of life I'm in it's looked like um tough love um honestly I always joke um one of my like people who has full access Maddie um she is the queen of tough love she can dish it to me in the best way where I know that um she's right and like I may get a little defensive about it but I know that because she has full access that she's coming still in like truth and love it just like may feel like tough love sometimes um honesty on my part even when I don't want to be honest um mm -hmm. 
yeah, when I want to isolate and I want to block myself off and it just feels too heavy to talk about, um, yeah, friends that I can be really honest with, um, self-reflection, sitting and hanging out in the word. And like I said, like giving myself the freedom to know that God can handle me being angry or sad. Like he doesn't want me to stay there, but he can handle it. All those times in my car in the past fall that I screamed and cried and got frustrated and felt like I, like things just couldn't get better when I've had the invitation from people in my life to remind me that he can handle it. Um, That's like when the healings happened, when I Mm -hmm. understand that I can't hide from God, Um, that like in my head, it may feel like it, but that when I come out of hiding, that's where like the healing can happen. Um, Yeah. Knowing my limits and my capacity has been really helpful. Um, Turns out I can't do everything and every anything like I think I can um but turns out I can't I can't do those things well or I can't do those things lovingly or maybe taking certain opportunities um isn't going to be healthy for me so yeah I think knowing how to put boundaries on things like even good things in my life like ministry and stuff when I know that my tendency is to earn and to achieve I have to put major boundaries on that so that something that's really good and loving and I have good intentions for don't become skewed by my earning when really like it's about Jesus and the gospel. Um, yeah. So that's been all really, really healing for me. Yeah. You, you sound like you could be a, uh, be a fellow writer of the Psalms. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's, it's, it's cool to just hear that response. Um, you know, what I kind of gleaned from that is uh, pressing into and acknowledging limitations, human finitude, uh, yeah. and pressing into the full spectrum of human emotion, but coupling that with God mm, uh, yeah. sounds like the whole book of the Psalms. Uh, yeah, that's funny that you say that. We were, yeah. I was on a call with my leadership team yesterday for my Bible study, and our um, like almost like spiritual director was taking us through this practice of, and especially like in this cultural moment, like we learned how to write like our own like Psalms of lament and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how to be as honest as David was. Um, yeah. So if any of you are struggling with COVID-19 out there, I would say, um, write yourself a psalm of lament, like get into it. Don't be afraid. Go Absolutely. read the psalms and you'll realize how honest and raw you can be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. That's amazing. Um, two more questions for you, Shannon, yeah. before we conclude our conversation. Um, you told me of, um, before in a, in, a, in a conversation we had uh, of the impact that your trip to Israel had on you um, when you went with passages uh, a, a few months ago here. Um, there was a specific story you shared with me uh, when you were uh, at Masada, yeah. actually, um, that was really especially impactful for you. Can you tell us briefly what that story was? And yeah, I'd love that. to. So the backstory behind my trip is half my bus um, was students from my university, including the fact that I got to go to Israel with my best friends and my roommates. Like, when do you get the opportunity in your life to travel with your people and all the people who you get to live with and do life on the regular? Um, So sweet, so grateful. Um, But the other half of my bus were um, these students from Vancouver who go to Trinity Western and their staff had been multiple times to Israel, Mm -hmm. um, personally, but also with passages. So, um, yeah, so they had a super cool, like, perspective on our trip, and 
stories to share. And like our trip was like so intentional when it came to them, but we were at Masada and like we'd gotten through the point where like um, our tour guide, our bell had like taken us everywhere and like through it. And we were at that point where everyone whips out their phone and takes pictures and kind of gets to roam around a little bit. And they gave us some free time and I was just like walking around and um, it was beautiful out and you could see like this whole like vast landscape of like the Dead Sea and also like all of Israel's um, like varying like terrain and it was like just beautiful and I felt Mm. like such a wave of peace come over me and yeah and I was standing there and I was looking around and I don't know if um, Matt who is one of the um, Trinity Western staff just saw my wheels spinning or like what came over him conviction wise but he came up to me he tapped me on the shoulder and without like anything precursing this conversation all he said was Shannon you know what would you say to yourself at five years old now right here and sat there and honestly like the question brought tears to my eyes um given like my experience in the fall and I felt like there it was so solidified like who God was trying to tell me he was and I said back to Matt I was like she doesn't know how faithful God's gonna be to her like she just doesn't know um yeah and all he said to me was that's beautiful and then walked away in typical Matt with one T fashion um (laughs) but yeah that's just kind of who he is he asks really good questions but I don't know like that part of my trip when I had had so much questioning in the fall of whether or not it was even a good idea for me to go or whether I wanted to anymore, whether I could actually enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, or if I should just stay at home and do Christmas with my family and stay put. Um, it just validated all there that he really used this experience as kind of, um, it was just tying a bow on the semester and he really revealed to me, um, his character just by getting away and seeing the sights of, um, just like where Jesus was and where he walked. And I am so grateful that Matt had the courage and the conviction to ask me that question. Um, it's something that will stick with me forever. I literally could close my eyes and like see it right now. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. And I can, I can even visualize it being on, on the top of Masada and kind of um, I, putting myself in your shoes as you tell that story. It, it gives me kind of almost like goosebumps. So, yeah. I, you know, that's, that's amazing. It's, it's really, truly amazing. And, and we're grateful to the Lord that he can use something like a trip to Israel with passages and with, with these people, amazing people that you get to meet. Um, oh, yeah. You know, that, that God uses those moments to really um, give you, clue you into how faithful he can be. Oh, yeah. Um, he is definitely faithful. Um, a couple more things here. This, this next question might be really hard, um, but in a sentence, can you tell me who Jesus is to you? Yeah, that is a hard question. Um, my sentence is, Jesus is loving and kind and not afraid of my mess. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think that's especially relevant to us coming off of Holy Week. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, he went to the cross for us. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have done that if he, did, he wasn't afraid to press into our mess. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Uh, As we close here, Shannon, um, what would you want to say to fellow Passages alumni who are listening to this podcast right now? Yeah, 
I want to say to, um, yeah, my fellow Passages alumni out there and my friends and um, my lovely fellows, Katie and Nico, and all those fun people that I've met in Passages mm -hmm. that what we're going through right now in this moment um, throughout the world is really hard. Um, it can stir up all kinds of feelings. I know it is for me um, as we ride the waves of grief. And for some of us, like the first like really traumatic event that we've been through. Um, and I just want to tell you that as you're experiencing loss and isolation and all of these hard things that I just want to validate you and what you're feeling, you're seen and you're known in it. And it's okay. Like, yes, it's hard but it's okay that you have those feelings and that you acknowledge them. But I really want to encourage you in this season to one, wrestle with God about it. Don't leave him out. Um, cue him in. He already knows what's happening, but come to him like honestly and tell him that this is hard and that you're mad that college athletics got canceled or that your graduation got canceled or even your passages trip got canceled this spring and summer. Like, that's all really, really hard stuff or your family is experiencing hard things. Um, I want to tell you to be honest with that and please call a friend and tell them, like, let someone have full access to your life. Let someone call you out and call you up and tell you that you can get help and that things are better. Um, there's so many resources. Um, I know here in America that they're putting out for us. And, um, I know even some in Canada right now and around the world, um, that people are recognizing that this is really, really hard on our mental health. Um, and they're creating access to helplines and to counselors. And there's so much stuff that can be done over telehealth. And I'm just telling you that in this moment, like super hard to ask for help, but this, it's such a brave step. And I think the season exposes um, some hard things when we're in isolation. I feel like things really come out and I would just tell you to go seek those resources. There's no shame in it. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It doesn't mean that you don't love Jesus or that um, everything should be perfect or all of that. As someone who has tried to preserve her image so many times, um, I can tell you that the route to exposing yourself and healing, then you actually get to enjoy Jesus. Um, and you just really get to feel freedom. And that's what he wants you to experience in this season. So ask for help friends i'm cheering for you and rooting for you and praying for you um, that you would feel empowered and led to do that thank you to shannon gibbons for sharing your testimony and to you our listeners who have taken time to engage with us by participating in abiding christ a program of passages at home catch us next week for our final episode to hear more stories of God at work in the lives of Passages alumni across the country. And don't forget to continue engaging with us through more spiritual enrichment opportunities, including devotionals, lessons in leadership, and our weekly prayer boards on Passages Leaders Network. You can opt in to receive more information on how to access these opportunities for Abide in Christ by visiting our online landing page at passagesisrael.org slash passagesathome. We at Passages are praying for you. Till next time.